Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McRae. What can we expect for weather in the remainder of this year? How will that weather impact crops and markets? Knowing those answers can, of course, be elusive. After all, how can you accurately predict the weather a few days in advance, let alone several weeks or months in the future? I'll take you to meet two men who will share a model that helps farmers and all of us get a better idea on what to expect from the forecast for the year. Before we jump into this week's show, I wanted to highlight a couple of websites and social media channels where we are extending our message. Many of you are familiar with AmericanCountryside.com. It's our daily show with stories done on location across America. I recently noticed a lot of folks connecting to that show via Facebook and YouTube. If you've not done so, be sure to check out those social media platforms for the radio and TV versions of the show. And you might also want to check out TotaltownMakeover.com and its Facebook page as well. TotaltownMakeover.com is where we post stories about revitalizing rural and agricultural America. I hope you'll connect there to get ideas that you might be able to put to use where you live. That's AmericanCountryside.com and TotaltownMakeover.com. Growing up and farming yet today north of Kansas City, I'd heard of Gary Lezak for many years. He was one of the weathermen on local television. In fact, I'd even heard of him speak of something called the LRC, but it was just an acronym I'd heard in passing over the years. Then something interesting happened this winter. I was speaking at a farm event near Fargo, and Dean Wysocki, a meteorologist at WDAY Radio, happened to speak just ahead of me on the program. He mentioned how farmers in his area were using forecasts developed by the LRC model. And suddenly, I saw the tie to that guy I'd seen on TV back in Kansas City, Gary Lezak. Dean explained that he was using the LRC to help with his forecasts, and many farmers in the Red River Valley had found value in Gary's work. So this week, my guests are Gary Lezak and Dean Wysocki. We discussed what is the LRC model and why they believe it is a better tool for developing more accurate forecasts. And of course, we'll take a look at what they see for this year's weather in farm country. Here's our conversation. Dean Wysocki and Gary Lezak join me, and in a moment you'll hear a bit more about uh, their backgrounds, but sure glad to be able to talk to both of them, talking about something called the LRC model and looking at weather for the year 2023. Gary, why don't I go to you first, because the LRC model has your name in it, so you've got to have something to do with this. (laughs) That's right, Bill. Thank you so much, Andrew, and Dean and I are excited to share this technology and methodology with you. We believe it is the difference in weather prediction for the world. So uh, we'll tell you a little bit about it. But it was back in 1987, 1988, when uh, I was in Oklahoma. And Oklahoma City had about a one-foot snowstorm in December. And Oklahoma City is a place that averages about eight inches of snow a year, maybe that. And they got a foot of snow. We got close to a foot of snow. Then a few weeks later... We got hit by another storm that was about a foot of snow. And there were other winter storms that season. They they were just in the path of all these storm systems. But it was that second similar storm, almost a foot in each snowstorm, that I noticed that the patterns looked similar. And so I started developing my hypothesis uh, back then in 1987, 1988, 35, 36 years ago. And uh, by 1992, we advanced it and started making predictions by 1996. And in 2002, I had a very, very popular blog. I've had a 38-year career in television. It's been rewarding. I retired December 1st just to do 
Weather 2020 and promote the LRC and help customers in ag and around the world and help save lives too. So I, I decided to do that full-time beginning December 1st, but it was 2002 that we started making uncanny predictions. It was like great prediction after great prediction. They kept happening more and more. And the bloggers, and we would have 60,000 people um, hits on those blogs during winter storms when they came in. They named it the LRC and for Lezak, the Lezak recurring cycle. And whatever it's named someday, who knows? Maybe it'll be named that, maybe it won't. But that's what they named it. So in Kansas City and now in North Dakota and in the ag community, the, the, the word is spreading about this technology. And uh, so that's how it all got started. So describe then it's looking at a cycle and we reset the cycle every year. Is that how you would explain it? And then because we know how long those cycles are, we can better predict the weather. I'm trying to put it into layman's terms to, to kind of help all of us, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what happens every year in October and November, a brand new pattern that's never happened before, a unique pattern sets up. And by the end of November or December, you've completed one cycle of the pattern and the pattern will repeat. If there's a major storm and in the upper levels of the atmosphere, when we show you the big trough on TV, and we show you the flow aloft and we show you the storm, uh, that big feature will return on schedule. And when it does, if it's a 60 day cycle, then October 10th will look like December 10th. And when on December 10th, there it is, it's boom. Now we know it's probably close to a 60 day cycle. When you identify what it is, you can make predictions and and for everywhere across the northern hemisphere, and the southern hemisphere likely has its own uh, cycle as well, and we've identified that as well. But but uh, it's the river fear flowing above us over the whole northern hemisphere. So that's that's the gist of it. But October, November, the, the pattern sets up every year. These anchor troughs and ridges form, and that's anchor troughs are where storms reach their peak strength most often. And anchor ridges are where the storm systems are least likely or droughts are likely going to expand. So they set up and then the cycle sets up and it's consistent and lasts all the way till the next October when it sets up again. And Dean, Dean Wysock is here too. Dean, you can back that up. What, what, what's your experience with it? Well, I'll tell you what, when I first was introduced to the LRC, and this has been a number of years ago, uh, you know, this isn't something that we were taught in, uh, in classes in college. I mean, it just, it wasn't taught and so it was something new and you know a lot of people don't like to learn something new or they just you know there's no way this could be true so i studied it with and read a couple of gary's articles that he's uh that he's published and i thought you know there's got to be something to this so i got in touch with gary years ago and you know i asked him hey teach me more about the lrc and exactly how this works and so, you know, we got together over the phone and, you know, he's, this is how it works. And uh, I would bounce like, hey, this is what I'm seeing. And it just it flows. I mean, it's is the atmosphere is chaos uh, and the LRC, as Gary puts it, is order to the chaos. And the more I study it and, and believe me, you learn on this every year. This isn't something you learn and, you know, it's set because it's different every year. The pattern is different every year and the cycle length is different every year. Uh, but once you learn how to use the LRC and how it works in the atmosphere, it is 
the best way to predict long-term forecasting. And I'll tell you what, everybody I've taught our meteorologist here, Justin Storm, how to use the LRC. Uh, I've taught Bridget Riedel. She's our agronomist here at WDAY Radio. I've taught her how the LRC works. And it's funny to see the light bulb kind of go off because when I when I first introduced this to both of them, they both were very like, you know, I'm not buying this. There's no way this could be true. So what we did was we made an LRC calendar. This was a couple of years ago. And Jay Thomas, he's one of our uh, radio hosts here, and he's got uh, one of the largest shows in the upper Midwest. And Jay's like, listen, I've never heard of this. You know, I've been in this market for uh, 20 plus years. I've never heard of this thing before. I'm like, trust me. Just trust me on this. It works. So Jay is the kind of person that he'll hold your feet to the fire. So we made an LRC calendar for Jay and said, the storms are going to be here, 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 and here throughout the fall, uh, this upcoming winter and into the spring. And we could tell him, we told him in October. So when these storms were coming, ripping through our area in October, and then we figured out what the LRC cycle was, we told, and we made up an LRC calendar when these storms would be uh, cycling back. And we we said back in October, watch the middle of April. There's going to be a major blizzard that hits North Dakota. According to the LRC, mark our market. And so middle of October came around. It was a week, a week before the blizzard even hit. No other meteorologists even had it on their radar. And we're like, just trust us. This, this is coming our way. And sure enough, on schedule, middle of April last year, we got hit with a massive blizzard in North Dakota. And, and we had this forecasted out uh, back in October. So that's how accurate and, and, and how good the LRC is. And now once we showed all the proof of this, now we have so many believers up here that this, and, and, and they should because this does work. And I've told Gary, this is going to be the next generation of long-term forecasting. This, I, I do be, honestly believe that this will be taught in universities. Let's hope within the next ten years. Let's yeah. let's hope it's well. Let's and hope it's while we're still. Let's yeah. hope it's while we're still alive. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. That's that's the deal. Because when you discover something, sometimes the discoverer is long dead before they become famous. And I'm trying to do it while <laughs> while I'm alive. And right. and, you, and, and and Andrew, you can go back to the 1940s. A very famous meteorologist, Jerome Namias, N-A-M-A-I-S. Go look up his papers. He's got 200 papers published, including one on the index cycle. And he was very close in the 40s and 50s and 60s uh, to figuring this out. Um, he would say, for some reason in November, there's enough information to predict the following winter's weather. For some reason, the cycles last weeks at a time. And that's ding, 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 and ding, ding, ding. Um, what he didn't quite put over the top is what I've been able to do is show how the pattern sets up and then it cycles over and over and over again. And Everything. I mean, every day's weather. Now, it looks like chaos at times, but these big storms show you there's a complete order to them when, when they show up. And this year, <clears throat> one example, one big example in Minnesota, in Minnesota, Jacob Frey, the mayor of Minneapolis, uh, he was sort of in a panic on February the 20th, the day before they were going to have a major snowstorm. 
And they're like, this is going to be a historic storm. It's going to be horrible. We need to prepare. And, and he looked nervous even. I'm like, first of all, it's Minneapolis. I thought they were used to major snowstorms, right? I'm like, what's going on? Secondly, um, he didn't just have one day to prepare. This year's pattern is cycling close to about every seven weeks, give or take a couple of days or so. And so what happened 50 days before February 21st? On January 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th, Minneapolis, the Twin Cities, already had a historic snowstorm. They had their 14th biggest snowstorm in their history on, on January 2nd to 5th. They called it the big mess. Then, 50 days later, they're in a panic. They're having another one. They had short memory. They may have already forgotten they had a 15-inch snowstorm back then. But they ended up with 13 inches of snow this time. Totally predictable. That's just one example of so many. Dean, of course, you live in farm country, and I guess all of us on here do. But I'm interested then, because in farm country, and I'm sure you've reported it, about uh, La Nina, El Nino. How do those types of things that we as farmers have heard about forever then factor into those cycles and maybe determining how severe they are, or, or is it totally different? Because growing up on the farm, that's what we've always heard about. Okay, this is going to predict my drought, and this is going to predict how much moisture and so forth I get. Right. Well, I, you know, the LRC, there, there's a bunch of different pieces to the puzzle. When I go out and talk uh, to the community or schools or whatnot, um, I liken it to when you're a little kid and you put together, you put together a puzzle. Well, there's usually one, one piece to that puzzle that's bigger than the others. That piece is the LRC. The LRC is a central piece to the atmospheric puzzle. Now, there's other factors that inf that have influence on it, which is El Nino, La Nina. So that does play a part in the atmospheric puzzle. But the LRC is the central piece to that puzzle. And everything, you, you kind of work with all the other ingredients around that. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Andrew, since, and, and I've been up here in, uh, in North Dakota a little over two years now, and the emails i get so we we have a farm we have a farm show on uh in the afternoon as well about one o'clock in the afternoon and the ag community up here has really really gravitated towards the lrc they realize how it can help uh how it can help their their ag product you know it, is it is it going to be a, a windy is it going to be a windy summer is it going to be a windy spring uh they can kind of structure when they're going to spray when they're going to do fertilizer uh, do we have to worry about a late plant season is it going to be you know we can tell them how that's going to affect uh their ag product and and how it's going to affect their crops uh, months in advance i mean so if you know what it's going to be months in advance you could kind of alter maybe maybe what you're going to plant when you're going to spray uh when are the dry periods of the lrc cycle going to be um you know if, if our ag community knows that, then they can adjust a lot of things and save a lot of money, to be honest. And then, and Dean, uh, also adding on to that, uh, La Nina, we've had three straight years of La Nina, and it just faded to neutral, and it's going to possibly be in El Nino next year. And La Nina is the cooling of the tropical Pacific Ocean, and, the, and El Nino is the warming of the tropical Pacific Ocean. But we just had three straight La Ninas and three straight different patterns. Okay, so regardless of what La Nina is, La Nina says it's supposed to be dry in California. That's the general statement. 
And El Nino means it might be wet in California. Well, we know California has not only not been dry, there have been record amounts of snow in the mountains. It's been crazy. And this was predictable as early as November of last year. I made a, a video for a friend telling me it's going to be a very snowy year because the evidence was already there. The LRC had set up. And so La Nina does influence the pattern. There is no doubt about it. And I can talk for a whole show just on that, on the, inf on the influences, good or bad, depending on where you live. And uh, in Kansas City, La Nina is not necessarily a great thing. It pushes precipitation patterns off to the east a little bit. But, it, but the LRC may set up favorably for you that year. And for California, it did for them to get hit, hit by storms last year in North Dakota. It hit favorably, it set a favorably for storm systems. This year, that sweet spot is from Nebraska to Minnesota, where Jacob Frey, that mayor, is going to have more storm systems. They're just in this pattern. So La Nina, El Nino, Enzo, the Arctic Oscillation, the NAO, and other oscillations um, and, and teleconnections, they influence the pattern. But as Dean says, the LRC is the centerpiece of this pattern. So, guys, in the time we've got left, I know that our listeners are going to want to hear what are we expecting for farm country this year as far as weather, and then we want to be sure to help them understand, okay, how can I find out more info about this? Because you all are, are writing and, and posting about this all the time. So, Dean, do you want to take it away? Uh, you can look at the high plains, uh, the northern plains, the Midwest. Where do we want to go? I'll focus here on the Northern Plains, and then I'll let Gary take uh, take over after that. So uh, for the Northern Plains here, uh, if, if you remember last year, we had a very late plant. We had a very late start because uh, a lot of a lot of our farmers just had a hard time getting out in the field. It was just too wet. Um, the good news is this year is uh, although it does look like it's going to probably be another late plant, uh, moisture is going to, the, the, the frost depth here in the Northern Plains is not that deep. So we're not going to worry about a lot of runoff. A lot of this should really sink in uh, for some ample moisture. That's good news. Uh, it does appear that we'll, we'll more than likely have, a, a, our last freeze should be somewhere, it looks like mid to late April. Um, so probably a lot of planting isn't gonna start until late April, early May. Uh, the way it looks right now. But moisture-wise, it looks like uh, through most of the northern plains, uh, we're going to be at or above normal uh, for precip with, uh, as Gary said, the sweet spot down to our south into areas of Nebraska through southern Minnesota, where they're going to have above normal precip uh, values down there through the spring and summer. While, let's say, out in the western part of North Dakota and into South Dakota, um, they've been dealing with a lot of drought conditions uh, over the last few years. And even their moisture should be pretty close to normal uh, for this upcoming uh, upcoming season. So that's great news for the Northern Plains. And Gary, if you want to take over the rest, uh, have at it. I will. And uh, for those of you listening out there, if you'd like to become members of Weather 2020, it's just $300 a year. And let me know what county you're in. And I will, I will send you an email or we'll put it on our Substack account and send you your county forecast week by week from now through planting, growing, and harvest this year. It's weather2020, weather2020.substack.com, weather2020, 
www.substack.com. And it's $300 for a whole year and you will get your value. I update it every single Monday with a video and you'll get some understanding of what's going on with this pattern. And that's the, that's the great thing about the LRC, uh, Andrew, is that uh, it can be broken down into your specific county. So you know when these dry periods are going to be uh, for your area, which, again, that's so beneficial to the ag community, no doubt about it. Hey, Gary, you know, you spent a lot of time in, in, in TV and, and, and weather there. And Dean, of course, is in, in weather. How do we describe how accurate you believe it is? Because, you know, the, the, on the TV weather, we're within three degrees of the high and we're accurate. So how do you then determine how accurate you have been in these forecasts? Well, um, the accuracy, the, the, the pattern itself, the LRC itself is, is 90% to 100% accurate because it's a river of air flowing above us. So we know when and where storm systems are going to happen. We know when and where hurricanes are going to be developing at a high level of accuracy. So we know there's going to be a storm, let's say, between North Dakota and Kansas. And so the storm will be there predicting the weather for your farm, for your city, for your county, uh, for St. Louis, for Chicago, for Bismarck, North Dakota, Fargo, or Pierce, South Dakota, or Omaha, Nebraska. Getting it right for each location is still going to be challenging. The accuracy is about 60% on the model. And with our ability to predict on top of that, we add to that level of accuracy. And I think Dean and Justin Storm, who works with them, and uh, you guys have been noticing even higher accuracy than that. Yeah, we've uh, so we keep track and uh, we'll follow the trend, the, not only temperature, but precip, because uh, temperatures are important too, obviously, uh, for heating degree days, cooling degree, degree days, all that good stuff. Um, we've noticed it's, uh, but over the last two years that we've been keeping track of it, between 70 and 80%. And, and if you it's 70 to 80% on a six month forecast, uh, that's, that's incredible. Andrew, 70 to 80% on a seven day forecast does not happen. You take your seven day forecast in your app. This is more accurate than that. Right, right. Hey, before we wind up, we focus mostly on the Midwest, but we do have listeners that would be nationwide. Are there any other things just across the nation you say, hey, watch out for this, or this is going to be a real trouble spot uh, here? What about the rest of the nation? I, I think the good news is drought conditions, because much of the U.S. has been really enamored in drought, and especially out west. And with all the moisture they've been getting, especially the snow, uh, once that starts to melt, this is really going to help fill up a lot of the reservoirs. It's going to alleviate a lot of the drought conditions. Although areas that have been really hard uh, stricken by the drought, let's say western Kansas, Texas, Oklahoma, Panhandle. Yeah, really. it's uh, that They're just not seeing a whole lot of relief. At least they'll get some, though, this year. But uh, The drought is contracting, though, Dean. So what happens, drought, droughts are either contracting or expanding. This one's contracting, but southern Kansas, northern Oklahoma, the Texas Panhandle, western Kansas, it is contracting. So let's just hope it continues to do so. I appreciate the time. And again, it's weather2020.com. Is that my best way to at least initially find some of this information? Yeah, you can set up your big co-op business. You can uh, have a meeting with me. And, of course, it's weather2020.substack.com. Join $300 a year. Let me know what calendar you're in, and, uh, and I'll get you that forecast. And, there's and uh, Andrew, there's plenty of uh, farmers up here in North and South Dakota and Minnesota that have joined 
uh, Gary's service, and I'll I'll get quite a few emails saying, hey, thank you so much uh, for pointing us in that direction. It's really helped us out a lot. Well, I appreciate the time for both of you. I, I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll discuss again sometime down the road here. Let's do that. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. We'll be listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. You may want to check out the weather2020.substack.com website. It's certainly interesting to learn more about the LRC model and its ability to better predict the weather, which in turn could be a big help to us wherever we may farm. I was intrigued by Dean's initial skepticism and how some of the folks in his area have been tracking the accuracy for quite some time now. I will be doing the same. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Remember, you can follow Farming the Countryside on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Just type in Farming the Countryside. And remember, you can go back and hear past shows at farmingthecountryside.com or on those podcast platforms. There are many shows with topics and guests that I think you'll find valuable. I appreciate you joining me. I'm Andrew McRae. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside.